It's Jake, your host of Bears Nation Podcast, here to talk to you about Manscaped, new sponsor. You know, who amongst us who has not been trimming, you know, below the belt, down where it matters, and you kind of nick yourself or you got some tugging and you think, all right, we need a better razor here. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, you're going to be feeling awesome after this. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, take all the time you need to get all those nooks and crannies. It's also waterproof, so if you just prefer to go in the shower and trim, go for it. That's what the waterproof is for. But one of the coolest features is the LED light. It shows you what you're doing, where you're doing it, and you can get a closer, tighter shave. They've also upgraded the trimmer to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. It's sleek and it's USB convenient, so you can charge at any time without any hassle. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are because it's the Bears Nation podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. So time to get trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SHI, C-H-I, at checkout at manscaped.com. You're going to thank me later. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back, Bears fans. We have another edition of Bears Nation podcast coming at you after a wild week three win against the Atlanta Falcons. Your Chicago Bears are now 3-0 heading into week four against the Indianapolis Colts, led by Phillip Rivers, led by, of course, one Mr. Leonard on the defensive course. So interesting game coming up. The Colts are 2-1. and one. They have two wins in a row following their stinky game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But everything has changed in about three weeks for the Bears and, of course, for the Colts. So myself, Jake Hassan, joined, as always, by Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka. We're going to break it down for you. We're going to get into it. And we are going to talk about it, give you about 40 minutes of some breakdowns here and what to watch for, what to be excited about following this game as the Bears look to go 4-0. and oh. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well. Gotta give a birthday shout out to Mr. Jake Hassan. It's his big day today. Uh, so that's exciting. And I'm I'm really just disappointed you left out leader of the team, Trey Burton. I mean, how can you do that? <laughs> it's the Trey Burton revenge game. That should be uh, the top of everyone's list here on their notes for this preview. Um, I know we're going to get into that, but excited to see the Bears potentially go 4-0. We knew this was a possibility at the beginning of the season. Hopefully it comes to fruition. Yeah, um, I also would like to give a birthday shout out to Jake. I uh, can't forget about that. And um, yeah, I mean, I look, the Colts are a good team um, and I I think the Bears are a good team. But, you know, in my opinion, this is our first real test. So I'm really looking forward to it, seeing what this team is really about. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, boys, for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, September 30th, with which always means that on my birthday, you get the inevitable somebody go wake up Billy Joe Armstrong tweets, and that's always really <laughs> annoying. But, you know, we persevere. I'm 23 now. I'm old and washed up, but still do this podcast about year three of this podcast now. So that's kind of how I mark my birthdays now. So that's where I'm at in my life. But uh, getting into it, week four, Bears coming off their third win in a row. They are 3-0. and Quarterback change, which Chris and Kevin broke down for you so eloquently on Sunday, Monday. I was at a wedding, so I could not join for that episode. But I'll give a just quick breakdown of my thoughts. Um, As all of you know, if you've been listening for a while, I was always Team Nick Foles. I thought the floor was higher with him. I wanted to see Mitch succeed, of course, but I think this is probably how it ends. And now you have no choice but to ride with Nick Foles hope for him to go to the best and because you want to see the bears win. And that's where we're at. So Nick Foles will be the starter against Phillip rivers and the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. I think this is a game that the bears should win, but 
this is all, a thing to keep in mind is this is not the same Colts team that we saw in week one. This is a team that's been playing much better over the last two weeks. Yeah, they are playing a lot better. After week one, we looked at that team and we saw, okay, you lost to Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars, who everyone thought were tanking for Trevor Lawrence. <clears throat> you know, what is the direction of this team? And then they rattled off a few wins, one against Minnesota. Obviously, the Bears are very familiar with them. And then a good win last week. And their defense is, I know we're going to break it down even more, but they are ranked tops of the league in rushing and passing. They're nothing to be afraid of. Um, or they are something to be afraid of. They're a very good defense. <laughs> and their offense, you know, they, they are a little bit of an unorthodox offense. When Philip Rivers came in, you know, my prediction was I thought they were going to kind of fling the ball around a little bit. You know, Philip Rivers loves to throw it around, throw it downfield. T.Y. Hilton, I thought, was going to have a, a more productive year. That's not the case. I mean, Marlon Mack went down with injury, but they are feeding the ball to Jonathan Taylor. They're playing check down. They're playing, you know, get the ball out quick with which which Philip Rivers has done his whole career, and now that he's with the Colts, they're saying, you know, we don't want you to throw the ball deep to T.Y. Hilton. We want you to check down to Mo Ali Cox. We want you to check down to Jonathan Taylor, who's a great pass catcher as well. So this is going to be a different type of game than I would have expected from the Colts maybe three months ago um, looking at this game on the schedule. So it's going to be different, and, you know, I think, the Bears have had a little bit of trouble uh, against teams that have decided to get the ball out quick. I mean, that's what pretty much every team has gone into game planning. They know the threat of the Bears pass rush, how all those guys uh, on the front side are going to get to the quarterback. But in every meeting room for every team that has played the Bears has spoken to their quarterback and said, look, we got to get the ball out under two and a half seconds. We won't have success against this team because not only is the pass rush going to get there, the secondary is going to blanket our receivers for the most part with Jalen Johnson out there and Kyle Fuller and Buster Screen and Eddie Jackson out deep. So they know that they can beat the Bears underneath. So I'm looking for the Bears to really plug that up. Dan Trevathan needs to play better, Roquan Smith, um, and all that underneath stuff to not let the Colts get that dink and dunk success like they've had the first few weeks. Yeah, so, you know, like the way the way uh, you can view this matchup, I think kind of just depends on how you view the Colts. Um, and for me personally, they were my pick to win the AFC South coming into the year. Um, over the the Texans and the uh, the Titans and obviously the Jaguars, um, but you know I I'm I'm really high on the Colts. I think they're a very well coached team. I think they have the pieces and all they needed was you know a little bit better of QB play. Um, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is really doing much for them. Um, but now and and look, I'm not high on Philip Rivers at all. I think you two both know how I feel about Philip Rivers. I've called him overrated you know numerous times i said he's not as good as people think this and that um but you know at the end of the day i think he's an upgrade over brissett and i think he's an upgrade for that offense um and then you know the strong the strong uh you know the strongest part of the colts team in my opinion is their defense um you know Mm -hmm. led by darius leonard i think that's a that's a phenomenal uh phenomenal unit and you know they like they're kind of almost in the same boat as us um, in the way that I think they are, they both teams rely on their defense, um, and they just need a little bit. They just needed a little bit more from their QBs because they have some nice pieces around uh, around the quarterback and uh, uh, on offense. Yeah, I think that the Colts in that week one they looked like they would be a joke, and then things quickly quickly came together. I mean. It looked like Philip Rivers was a, a washed up. He had nothing to play for anymore. The defense didn't really look great. But now, I mean, even with the loss of Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines has stepped up. Jonathan Taylor, of course, we all know what he did at Wisconsin, and he has looked phenomenal. That offensive line, of course, has been unbelievable as they were last year because those are just a bunch of monsters on that unit. And, I mean, even their defense, DeForest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard leading the way there, even without Malik Hooker who, as Kevin knows, is an Ohio State alum who was fantastic at safety. But, I mean, the Colts, they're nothing to play with here. And I think that the Bears have a real test here. Um, You know, I I think you're going to have to play four quarters of solid football here. You can't wait for, hope for a miracle comeback in the second half here. That's that's not the formula to win this game. I mean, it's really not the ideal formula to win every game, although they've done that twice this year. But against this team, uh, with a better defense than any of the three teams they've seen this year, Colts' fourth-best rushing defense, fourth in the league in rushing first downs per game. Bears aren't going to be able to rush on third down, stuff like that. Like, you cannot afford to go down big. And, 
I, you know, we just haven't seen in this. I don't know if this is a theme with Matt Nagy. I don't know if I'm ready to declare that, but it seems like the Bears sometimes come out flat. And, and you know, that happens to every team. But more often than not, it seems like, as we know, you know, the Bears are coming out slow and all of a sudden fourth quarter comes in. It's a totally different team that they need to be a totally different team in the first quarter. And I'd rather have them be a totally different team in the first quarter than a totally different team in the fourth quarter. Not just for my anxiety, but from the ability <laughs> to win a football game against a good team. So, it, it, you know, this is, like you said, not a defense to play around with. And with these types of teams that have good defenses that aren't going to let you, you know, just totally dominate them, time of possession, stuff like that. Like, if you go down early, you know, you're not going to be able to get chunk plays against them. So you're not going to be able to do what Nick Foles did last week. You're not going to be able to do what Mr. Trubisky did against the Lions. Those types of things will not happen against this team. So what should be on the mind of Matt Nagy and every player is we got to come out fast and we got to come out hot. I know it's different because we haven't seen it. They're not a great first quarter team. Haven't been the past few years, but it's got to change against the Colts. And, you know, being at home helps that despite there's the fact that there's no fans. Just being at home at your stadium, defending your house, defending your city, I think that helps a lot versus when they're on the road. Um, you saw that last week against Atlanta. So they got to come out hot because with that defense, they're not going to be able to come back like crazy. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all with all of that. I think um... – you know, the point about them having to play four quarters is probably the most important, you know, thing. Because um, it's just always been, you know, well, the f- these first three games has been a tale of two halves, uh, you know. And you can't you can't have that against a team like the Colts. Um, you know, if they're not, if the Bears aren't playing well uh, for all four quarters, I can pretty much guarantee that they are not going to win this football game. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and we've, I feel like, personally that we've the bears have been taking steps towards that more complete football um you know there's things you see but now with nick Foles as your starter it's a completely different ball game it's completely different it's kind of you're starting from zero here from step one and now you got to start building up again and you know you you started this nick Foles movement early enough in the career in the season excuse me where you don't have to build back up too much but there is still a little bit of build up you need to do and you know, and I gave a little bit of my thoughts in the beginning of this episode, but, you know, Nick Foles looked good. I mean, Nick Foles, and we said in our text thread, a lot of those throws Mitch could have made, but, and I agree for the most part, uh, outside of that one Anthony Miller throw, but I think that Foles, when I was watching, you just sensed a comfortability, comfortability, comfort, yeah, comfortability. Um, <laughs> you sensed that with the team, and you sensed that with the offense. It just felt like Foles was directing more. He was more speaking things into existence and laying out the game plan. Uh, whereas Mitch, a lot of his best plays come from improvising. So goes back to my argument of the floor being higher there, I guess. But, you know, this is an argument of Mitch versus Nick. Um, you know, Nick Foles is the starter. But I, what are we expecting from the offense in this game, guys? Well, the, what you're expecting, what you should expect, regardless of who the quarterback is, really is consistency. Because even in, like like I said in the last episode, even in that game last week, you didn't see consistency from the offense. Like, it wasn't an immediate spark when Nick Foles came in. It was a really rough, shaky third quarter. Um, and Nick Foles, like you mentioned, that floor being higher, that floor is only higher if the consistency continues. Like he might make a few throws that Nick, uh, the Mitch Trubisky can make down the field, similar to that um, Anthony Miller play, right? That's one th- throw that uh, Mitch Trubisky couldn't make. Nick Foles made that throw. But if it's not happening consistently, then nothing's going to change. What he did on Sunday is what he's done his whole career. Save your ass as a backup, right? That that's the story <laughs> of Nick Foles' career. What he's done his whole career as a starter has been far from impressive, and it hasn't been consistent. So I want him to succeed, but hey, we man, need to see I, more gonna, consistency. I'm not going to hold Jeff Fisher against him. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But Jeff, it wasn't just Jeff Fisher. It well, wasn't just sure. Jeff Fisher. But yes, right. Jeff Fisher, uh, that's a tough situation. Not a lot of people have success, have had success with him. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like the consistency, regardless, is going, that's still good. the key word. I mean, that's still the key word for the Bears. So, um, you know, I'm expecting consistency. I want, like Chris has repeatedly said on this episode already, I just want consistent football through four quarters. You know, we, although the, you look at the Bears point totals and, you know, they're not actually that far down. They're like right around average in the league, which is what we really need but you look at 28 points last week um and it's just like you know it needs to be i'd rather have it be seven seven you know seven and quarter one seven and quarter two seven and quarter three seven and quarter four instead of three and quarter four and 
one and uh, uh, quarter one and three and quarter. You know what I'm saying? So consistency is the most key is most important key, especially against a team like the Colts. So regardless of Mitch or Foles, that will be the word that will play throughout the whole season for the Bears, and that will determine their success. Also, uh, I was wrong on that point. Got, Twenty-eight. It was thirty. My apologies. <clears throat> you guys, uh, you guys pretty much hit it all on the head. Um, but I have a just a quick question for you guys, and it's something that I know every Bears fan has thought has thought about at least once since Nick Foles came into the game um, against the Falcons. But let's just say Nick Foles has a couple of shaky games, and by shaky, I mean you know. Kind of similar to what we saw out of Mitch. Not terrible, not great. Um, what do you do in that situation? What do you do if Nick Foles isn't the, you know, the the lifeline that we thought he'd be? I see, and I've said this in our group message. I don't think you can go back to Mitch. I think that confidence, that trust is shattered and I also think that sends the wrong message to the team. I And I agreed with you guys when you said that yank, that hook shouldn't have been in game against the Falcons. Because, you know, if you do have to go back, you know, what kind of message are you sending to your team where it's flip, flop, flip, flop? You don't know who you're going to get mm-hmm. at any different moment. Um, and, and, you know, we've had some criticisms of Nagy, and I think we'll get to those later in this episode. But... I think you have to ride Foles the rest of the way. I think you've made a statement. I think you, you, you being the coaching staff, have made your statement. You've drawn that line, and you've said, all right, we're doing this. Because, you know, you go back to Mitch, he's going to be looking over his shoulder the entire way, thinking, all right, if I if I miss this throw, am I, I coming disagree. out? If, if, if I... I, I think but we've what, seen that. I, 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 I think well, because I think it's different as opposed Nick Foles as opposed to Chase Daniel. I think when it was Chase Daniel well, yeah, and yeah. Tyler Bray, you were thinking, oh, I'm safe. You know, after that Rams well, game yeah. last year, Mitch came back. Mitch came back the next week. And he's, you know, it's Chase Daniel. You're not getting yanked for him. But Nick Foles, I think he's going to be looking over his shoulder. And regardless, even if he isn't, the defense and the rest of the offense are going to be thinking what the hell are we doing here? What the hell are we working with where we don't know who we have? We don't know who we can trust because we're getting all these mixed signals. And that's where you get what you got late in the season last year. These lethargic guys, these apathetic guys who are like, you know what? Screw this. So I think you have to go with Foles the rest of the way to keep team morale up. Even. I would say there's at least an 80% chance we see Trubisky again. I, I truly, truly believe that. I mean, here's the problem and here's what it boils down to. What's the justification if Nick Foles starts losing? Like, if he's playing poorly, he has worse statistics, he looks worse than Trubisky, and the Bears start losing, there's absolutely no justification. You look at Trubisky's record, although he wasn't playing the greatest football, he was playing, I would say, average quarterback football, they were 2-0. and And if Nick Foles starts losing and the team gets upset that they're losing, I think for them it's like, look, you know, whatever need, whatever it takes to get wins. I mean, I think a lot of the players felt that last week, you know. For them, uh, taking out Mitch Trubisky and putting Nick Foles was whatever it took to get the win. And I think that's the way sure. a lot of players saw sure. that. If so, I may interject here, just yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's fine if it's a one-time thing or, you know, if it happens every here and there. I think if you're doing that week to week or every it other week, week. I, I, well, that, and I agree with you, it shouldn't be. But I think if you if – you, get into that habit or you make leave that door too wide open, I think you're setting a dangerous precedent with that. You know what I, I mean? I think you do. And that's why I think it's Nagy's fault for taking out Mitch this early. I mean, I really do think that that's the implication of that. It's like, because, you know, the reason why I say 80% is, you know, people think Nick Foles is going to come in here and change the offense. Sure, it may look a little bit more fluid, but they're not going to miraculously put up 35 points a game. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You're not I turning mean, Nick into Foles, the Chiefs. The off- you're not turning into the Chiefs. Nick Foles isn't turning into Tom Brady. I mean, we got people out here praising Foles like he's the next Messiah and he's going to save this offense. And, and all of a sudden, the offense is going to be the cornerstone of the team. That's not the case. I mean, I hope the offense is better. But from what I know of Nick Foles in his career, from even what I saw last week, like I don't think he's going to be consistent enough for him to prove week after week that he deserves to be the starting quarterback. Chris, I don't know what you think, but that's I know you were the one who asked the question, but that that's my take on it. I think we see Mitch again at some point. Whether we like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so I was watching first take yesterday or the day before, and um, Stephen A. Smith is actually the one who brought it up. And he was talking about um, the fact that he he believed that um, Nagy pulled 
or put in Foles too early in this too early on in the season because um, he doesn't believe Nick Foles will stay healthy for the rest of the season, and that's something that I feel like you know is important. Um, it's it's something to monitor because look, you pull Trubisky, you know, in the middle of a game, you you kind of just are you know you you tell a coach to go over there and tell him that he's benched. And then you have your wide receiver coach, you know, just throwing in some petty shots for no reason. And it's like, you know, what do you do if you need him again? Like, the, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just this situation is the exact situation I was trying to avoid before the season. But we're already here and it's week four. So, you know, I, I don't I really don't know what to expect. But I do agree with the fact that this offense isn't going to look like the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, Nick Foles is still a average quarterback. You know, he has his moments of looking slightly above average. Um, but, you know, I just think he is what he is. Um, but I will say Jake brought it up about the whole com- comfortability thing. Um, you know, I, I do think uh, there was a little bit more stability when when he was in the game. Um, and sure. I, yeah, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I, yeah, I just think well, Foles is a more cerebral player, and you can that kind of oozes to absolutely. the other guys. So, I, yeah, I, I still think the upside is there, and this was going to be one of my over-unders later um, of Mitch Trubisky, because you guys have both tweeted about it, of seeing Mitch in a Taysom Hill-type role going forward. One of my over-unders was going to be Mitch Trubisky over-under .5 snaps on Sunday. Should we answer I'm, that now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could do that now. I mean, I'm, I'm taking the under. So here's the problem. I mean, people want that. People dream of that scenario because they understand Mitch's mobility. And, yeah, he's got sure. the legs. His 40 time was very close to Deshaun Watson's. Like, this guy's faster than a lot of people think. But the problem is Mitch Trubisky has a career at quarterback for the rest of his Like, like there, no matter what happens after the Bears, like, there will be a team that will give Mitch Trubisky an opportunity. I guarantee that. So I don't know if he's ready to take out the Taysom Hill role because the Taysom Hill role is you're putting your body on the line for two-yard gains. I mean, that is literally what Taysom Hill's brand is. He'll catch a screen pass and just throw his head into a defender for three yards because he knows that he's essentially a running back slash wide receiver more than he is a quarterback. Like, Mitch Trubisky is going to line up in the slot and catch a screen he has made throws but some downfield throws but the problem is when mitch trubisky's in the game like i don't know i don't i don't know how much the defense is going to be like left guessing like when tazanel is in the game like there's a multitude of things he could do like i would say there's an equal there is like more of a chance he runs than passes so then you can really fool them if Taysom hill decides to air it out but i feel like when mitch is in the game like I don't know if he's going to be willing to, if it is a draw play, a quarterback draw, like, I don't know if he's going to be willing to just put his body on the line because we haven't really seen that from him in his career. Like, even, I know he's the quarterback, and but he, he's never really been able to, you know, lay his shoulder down into the end zone. He's always stepped out of bounds or slid, and that's fine. You know, I, I'd rather not have my quarterback get injured, but if he wants to pursue that role and people want to pursue that role, he would have to change to be that type, more of like a running type quarterback because when you bring him in and you want him to take deep shots i mean trubisky just simply hasn't been as accurate on those deep shots so it's like you know what is the point but i guess if he's focusing on those things in practice more than anything like that could help i don't know i just don't know if it's the exact right role but if they could find a way at some capacity to make it work i'm all in for it like why not have another weapon if it's there at your disposal god forbid let's say mitch trubisky gets hurt on one of those plays then it's like you you know you're really on thin ice because i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) we know about Nick Foles their ability so um yeah I just don't see it happening this Sunday I I think we could maybe see that throughout the season if you know Foles keeps his job and, and Mitch continues to be the backup I think you could see some plays where he comes in um but yeah I, I just I also don't really see an incentive for him like um you know he's exactly. t- Taysom Hill can be Taysom Hill because everyone knows he's not a franchise quarterback and I know I know Mitch Trubisky has shown, you know, flashes of of being terrible. Um, so, you know, there's still questions about if he can be the fr- a franchise quarterback. But, I mean, as far as, like, it, it's still a question. You know what I mean for him? Like, we don't really technically know the answer yet. 
Um, so, and, and like Kevin said, I really do think a team will take a chance on Mitch Trubisky somewhere down the line. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I wouldn't even be surprised if the bears traded him. I, I'm not kidding. I, I honestly think there's no way. No, I listen, man, if you bench Mitch Trubisky, which they did, and you know, he's not playing again and you're not going to re-sign him, if there's a team willing to give you a six-round pick, pick, I mean, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Chris, you, you just brought up the point about Nick Foles getting injured and his you know his proneness to injury. What are you going to hey, do? Man. Tyler Bray? What if Nick Foles starts stinking it up? Tyler Bray? You cannot trade Mitch Trubisky. It, it know, simply man. cannot happen. I don't know. I, 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 I get what are you going to get for him? Well, th- this was going to be my argument against the Taysom Hill role, too. Too, because the Saints have had Teddy Bridgewater in the past, and Taysom Hill was the third string. And if Drew Brees happened to go down and Taysom Hill happened to go down, you had Teddy Bridgewater there. Teddy Bridgewater leaves. You have Jameis Winston, former number one overall pick, guy who threw 30 touchdowns last year, come in yeah. and do so. You have that kind of that luxury to use Taysom Hill that way, whereas the Bears don't have that. You it, like you just said, Tyler Bray is your next option. You use Mitch in a trick package in a Taysom Hill package, and he breaks his shoulder again or separates his shoulder again, and then Foles either stinks or he gets injured, cracks another labrum or what have yeah. you. Tyler Bray time. So you can't afford to have that. I, I completely agree with Kevin. Um, and, and to a certain point, to a certain extent, you, Chris, you can't do that with Mitch because you need to protect him because the drop off from Mitch to Tyler Bray is very, very, <laughs> very steep. You know, with yeah. Mitch, you're still an eight and eight team, maybe even nine and seven team. Tyler Bray, you're probably a three win team. Yeah, honestly, no, like now, now that you guys brought up your points, I, I, I could see why you think that's crazy, but at the same time, man, I'm just viewing it as like you have your wide receiver coach, like basically talking shit about Mitch, like to the media. Sure. So it's like there's the, I mean, this in that in that point, though, this was a system that was catered to fools from day one. This was a system that was yeah. built to to make yeah. fools. And, and all of these guys almost have all worked with Nick Foles in the past. So, you know, Mitch yeah. was kind of behind the eight ball with the coaching staff from the beginning there. Fair. Yeah, that's definitely which doesn't excuse it. But I mean, that's just a fact of the matter type yeah. of situation. But you know, Chris that's is right. Like, like, like I said, I have 80 percent chance. I think he comes back. But then what's the trust level when he does come back? You see, right, a guy that's like what Mike I'm saying, Pierce, where he's looking over his shoulder. But I see. But I don't know if he's looking over his shoulder at this point. Like if he comes back and like he knows the margin for error. He's been through it already. He's been replaced already. Like when he comes back in, I feel like he's just going to be in effort mode, like literally screw it mode. Like I don't have to worry about anybody coming in behind me. It's already happened. I'm just going to play my game. Like, I don't know if that's the way I should be looking at it. But I, I think there's a possibility that if he does come back, that's his view. He's like, OK, I know my margin of error. I know like I've already been replaced before, but I'm already back in that role now. Yeah, I I would love to believe that. But everything that we've seen from Mitch thus far hasn't hasn't shown me anything that inspires that kind of mentality from me. No, personally, everything we've seen from him in the past speaks to me, screams to me that that's not going to be his mentality. Kevin, Kevin, what do you mean by what do you mean by he's going to be in effort mode? Like in terms of what exactly? Just in terms of like playing the game like not not to to his teammates or to the coaches just like i'm just gonna go out and play i'm just gonna go out and ball like i'm literally just gonna go out and ball i'm not gonna think too much about anything i know what's at stake i know i've been here before i know the margin of error screw it i'm gonna ball like that that's the way i'm looking at okay okay no i i was i misunderstood it but yeah i mean i'm kind of with jake on this like Man, if he if he if Nick Foles being in Chicago wasn't enough to, to motivate him or, or, you know, change his mentality, I just don't see it happening, man. I, I really don't. But like maybe it wasn't like I was an advocate that, oh, he's not going to be looking over his shoulder like it's his year three. He's just got to go out and play. But maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe he was worried about that all along. And he always had it in the back of his mind after every throw that the possibility that Nick Foles would come in was there. Um, but now that that's happened, now that that's over with, now that he, it's happened before, like, I feel like that can all be wiped away. Now, I don't know if that, I don't, I don't know if I, no one's going to know if that's going to happen, but I just think like, it's just going back to the whole Mike Fury thing. And I think we can all establish the fact that Matt Nagy never really had trust in Mitchell Trubisky. Can we please establish that? Right. I mean, I think that's pretty fair to say that the trust level was never 
really oh. what you wanted from a true quarterback and coach that in the event, like what scares me is in the event that Foles starts to slide, like Matt Nagy is going to have this blind loyalty towards Foles because he's works better in his system when maybe that's that just because of that trust level and that loyalty, like, that they're going to start losing and then that's a bad thing for the team. So this is why I say like everyone's saying like people are burning Mitch Trubisky jerseys and people are saying all these negative things about Mitch Trubisky when he very well could be in a position where he's has the opportunity to lead us to the playoffs or maybe even playing a playoff game for us. So I'm, I'm leaving it all open. I'm leaving it all open. Every single Avenue that you think can happen, it can happen. Like, like at this point, anything can happen. We things could change. I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky could be the quarterback on Sunday, but if Nick Foles goes out there and throws for 112 yards, zero touchdowns and three interceptions, like we're having a conversation on Monday. I, I do not want that to happen, but like these things will change quickly, just as quickly as they changed at the 10th minute of the third quarter last week. You, you guys know that. Have you guys ever watched the prices, right? Yes. yes. You guys know that game where they drop, it's almost like connect four where they kind of like drop something, uh, into like a, like, a. What's the word I'm looking like for? Like the Plinko thing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, exactly. I think that's what you're thinking yeah. of. And that's exactly how I'm viewing the situation right now. Like, I just think there's <laughs> so many, like, there's just so many little, like, pieces of information that are very important. Like, you guys get what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. sure. like you know, uh, Nick Foles' health. Um, you know, the trust between Nick Foles and Matt Nagy. The trust between the whole coaching staff and, and Nick Foles. The trust between the coaching staff and Mitch is just like, like I, I'm really interested to just to see how this all plays out because there's like so many ways this could go. And that almost, you know, it almost makes me feel uncomfortable because, you know, there's no, almost no stability, if that makes sense. Um, I'm using that metaphorically though, because I know I said Nick Foles is, you know, looks more stable in, with our offense, but you know, I, I just, I don't know how this is going to play out um for now Foles is the guy and i guess that's who we're riding with man oh you got yeah, it well and one of those factors i think is uh the wide receivers and their trust in the quarterback and from what we saw i mean anthony miller obviously on that touchdown catch that go-ahead touchdown catch uh has the trust Allen robinson has the trust i think all of the receivers do um and you know just continuing this preview i mean the receivers Looked really good once Foles came in. You know, some of that was bad tackling by the Falcons, and some of that was blown coverage by the Falcons. But I mean, these receivers, I think they're gaining some confidence as the weeks go on. I mean, maybe. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's kind of a bad thing that they're more excited to play for one quarterback, though. In, in my opinion, that's the wrong excited. way to look I, at it. I just think there's some throws being made, and they're and sure, and especially a big comeback like that your emotions and your confidence is going to be much higher because even, you know, on a regular human level, could Mitch have made some of those throws? Sure. But the fact of the matter is he didn't and Foles did. So as a receiver, you're thinking, okay, this is the guy, this is my guy. This guy's going to make throws for me. Give me productions. I mean, if you're Anthony Miller, you're thinking yeah. this guy made one touchdown pass, two touchdown passes, really, because one got wiped away that really shouldn't have. You're thinking, all right, this guy's going to get me the ball and get me the production. If you're Allen Robinson, you're thinking this guy's going to get me the ball. And, you know, Allen Robinson really had a touchdown catch wiped away, you know, however you think of that. But, I mean, these guys have to be riding high right now. If you're the wide receivers, the trust level has to be very high right now, which you need because this Indianapolis Colts secondary is pretty good. But, but Anthony Honestly, Miller can't man, be one. But yeah, go ahead. No, Chris. no, no. L- listen, listen. Honestly, man, if I'm Anthony Miller right now, I'm thinking about not dropping the ball. That that would be my yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I were Anthony Miller, and if I were a Rob, I would be thinking about you know, the fact that you know DBs are just ripping the ball out of my hands. So, um, you know, I I just think like my my whole thing with this is that there's absolute. I I don't care what anyone says, and 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 I know people are gonna backtrack and be like. Well, you know, we weren't saying Foles was good. We were just saying Mitch was that bad. But, I mean, we all talked about how, how quote-unquote, stable this offense has looked. And I think, you know, we all agree with that. But it, it, it's like, you know, there's absolutely – Mitch Trubisky was a scapegoat. He was. And 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 don't get me wrong. He, Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback. He's just not. But he was used as a scapegoat way too many times. Way too many times. So now – there's no excuses. Mitch Trubisky isn't playing. Now, 
we're going to really see what the wide receivers are about. We're going to really see what the tight ends are about. And we're especially going to see what Matt Nagy's about. So uh, that that's how I'm viewing it. I just I hope, you know, they're ready to play because I, I there's no excuses for anybody. Before I talk about the receivers and their role in this game, let me just say Anthony Miller cannot simply, like you say, he simply cannot be one to say, oh, you know, now that my quarterback's in here, like a new quarterback, like, oh, it's, it's going to be so much different. Like he has just as many drops this year as he does missed opportunities from a bad Mitch Trubisky throw. That's just the fact. I mean, the drop in the end zone against the Giants, then another drop on the sideline against the Giants, and then, uh, and then oh, Nick Foles comes in. He's the savior. All right, Nick Foles drops the ball right into your hands, and you drop it. So I love Anthony Miller. But before, if he's if he truly thinks that way, which we don't know, we're just kind of you know being skeptical here. Uh, if he truly thinks that way, then that's terrible because before any of that, he's got to have one of uh, a better completion uh, or catch percentage because he's near the bottom of the league in that category, and most of our receivers are. So that needs to improve before he can talk all that talk. But like you said, like. The receivers, I, I would imagine they are feeling better, mostly from a momentum perspective. Like we said, um, from the Lions game to the Giants game, you score three touchdowns in that quarter, you're feeling high, you're feeling good. The momentum carries over. So that's why I say, you know, we talk about them needing to get off to a hot start in this game. I think that's possible because that momentum is still there. They're still riding off that, and they may be able to ride off that for two quarters. The only difference is it can't dissipate in the second half this time like it did against the Giants. It simply can't. But I do think that plays like... What uh, happened to Anthony Miller in the end zone where Nick Foles said, you know, all you need to do is run to the L, you know, run to the L, I'll throw you the ball, just get there and it'll be there for a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened. Like those kinds of plays will make a receiver uh, excited. And I think that is one thing that Nick Foles brings to the table that Mitch Trubisky simply does not. And I think it's okay to admit that. So the receivers got to be feeling a little bit more excited, especially because of the way they played on Sunday compared to what they did against the Giants. They looked like hot garbage on, uh, on Sunday against the Giants. And then they go up to Atlanta and Robinson, 123 yards, a touchdown. Looks like a different player. Um, Anthony Miller, despite the drop, you know, doesn't have a zero like he had against the Giants. So everyone's kind of on the rise right now. But again, what's the word? Consistency needs to continue again. Can't go back down to zero. Can't have a downtick in production. Needs to be a consistent uptick or a steady plateau at a high level to confirm that these guys are legit and they can do it week after week. Like, I, I really wasn't trying to rip into Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller. My point was just that, you know, it's going to it's a team effort, man. Like just from from the beginning of the game to the end, like it's just it's a team effort. And you you can literally point to so many plays throughout a game where, you know, it, it like something resembled a missed opportunity. So it's like, you know, it, there's just so many factors that go into a football game. I, I don't believe everything was solely on Mitch. I don't. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, I just don't think there's any excuses. I Yeah. Switching gears from the offense, because obviously we just broke that all down from the quarterback to the receivers. Uh, the <laughs> offensive line has been fantastic. I mean, that goes without saying. And David Montgomery has looked great. But switching to the defense, um, they haven't looked as good. We talked about Danny Trevathan, some guys seeming a little slow. Um, going in against the Colts with Phillip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, who we mentioned earlier, and this offensive line unit, you're going to need the defense to bring their best and what are we expecting from these guys, especially you need production from your stars, from Cleo Mack, from Robert Quinn, from Eddie Jackson. I mean, what are you hoping to see out of this group on Sunday? There are two keys to the defense in this game. Number one, the Bears have the third best opponent red zone scoring percentage at just 41.77%. Indianapolis is 23rd in red zone scoring. They're not very good in the red zone. So the Brent, the Ben Tone Prank mentality, which has kind of held up for the Bears all year, I think is going to hold true once again in this game. But I'd rather have them not even let the defense get to the red zone, which means getting turnovers, which is the second key. If they can force Phillip Rivers to throw the ball around uh, and and really stuff up the run this week, don't let Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines go anywhere and let Phillip Rivers just let it loose, the interceptions are going to come. The turnovers are going to come. I, I guarantee that. So make plays, get off the field. Because, look, t- turnover margin determines your success. If the season ended today, out of the 14 teams that would make the playoffs, 11 of those teams are in the top half of the league in turnover differential and all have a positive turnover differential. Getting turnovers wins games. I mean, that, like that's simple, right? You get the ball in favorable territory. You score. It's really not that hard to dissect. So if they have an opportunity to get turnovers, which they had this year, I mean, they've already had, I think, 
are on pace to have more turnovers than they had last year. They're not quite at 2018 level, but they're getting interceptions. They've had a few fumbles wiped away from uh, terrible roughing the passer calls. So that's going to be the key. Get turnovers because you don't want to let this team run all over you and dominate the run against you. And then Phil Rivers is only throwing the ball 12 times a game and they're grinding you against the run. Because quite frankly, the Bears run defense just isn't great right now. It's simply not great. So they need to shut that down and, and have Phillip Rivers throw it around. And, I, and like I said, when that happens, Ed Jackson's going to be there ready to take one to the house. So need turnovers and need to not let them score in the red zone or not even let them get there. You got to get pressure on Phillip Rivers. Uh, if you get pressure on Phillip Rivers, he's going to make mistakes. I mean, the guy makes mistakes without pressure. So if with the added pressure, I mean, you're really backing him into a corner. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is just, he's just trigger happy. That That's the best way to describe him. Um, he, you know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He can make some throws that, you know, the, the average quarterback cannot, but he's also going to give the ball up. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, if they get pressure on Philip Rivers, I'm feeling a lot more confident uh, about the Bears winning this game. So that kind of leads into my next uh, over-under uh, over under 1.5 turnovers for the defense. Over, I'm 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 going over. I, I think it's going to be three. I think Khalil Mack gets a strip sack, and I think they get two interceptions. One of those coming from Eddie Jackson, who's going to take one to the house. That's one of my bold predictions. And I think uh, let's uh, Jan Johnson. Let's see Jan Johnson gets his first career INT. So. I think I, I think it's over, and I think if they want – I think if you get three or even two, I think it means a win for the Bears. I truly do. So be on the lookout for those turnovers because, like I said, turnovers determine success. So got to yeah. make it happen. Yep, I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go with exactly two, and um, those those two turnovers are going to be two interceptions thrown by Phillip Rivers. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little prediction on who, who – uh, creates those turnovers uh i'm gonna say roquan smith gets an interception yep yep and then um because you know philip rivers loves throwing to his tight ends so um you know and i'll go with i'll go with kyle fuller kyle fuller roquan smith each get a pick very nice uh i i personally i'm hoping that we think that we see Eddie Jackson's much talked about touchdown celebration that he's been teasing on Twitter for a couple of weeks Please. now. Um, I'm hoping we see it. We got robbed of it in that Giants game, and we didn't really get a chance to see it in the Falcons game. But I'm hoping this is the week. He's been talking about it a lot. I would very much like to see what he has in mind. But other than that, I mean, Jalen Johnson, can we just talk about for a second how unbelievable oh he has been? And a, and a few metrics he has been rating. Yeah. And at or near the top of the league among cornerbacks, um, you know, we all knew he'd be likely starter day one after he was drafted. But the impact that he has made has been unreal. He's been great. And, you know, he's really brought this secondary back to a level where they're one of the tops, if not the top in the league. It's it's absolutely incredible. You look at any of the first round cornerbacks or any cornerbacks that were drafted ahead of Jalen Johnson and all of them are nowhere near what Jalen Johnson is doing so far. Look at Jeff Okuda. Dude's not playing very well at all. I mean, the guys are throwing all over him. He's getting juked out by Kyler Murray, and it's way too early to declare anyone a bust. I'm not saying Jeff Okuda's a bust or any of those first-round cornerbacks are a bust, but what did we talk about throughout the draft process? You're looking for guys, when you're when you're a team who is in a championship window, you're looking for guys who can come in and contribute day one. And Jalen Johnson has done more than that since day one. I mean, he, he's not just contributed. He's been a, one of the better players on defense and one of the better defensive players in the secondary in the league. Like, the stats back that up. And it's just, it, it's unbelievable to imagine that that's exactly what's happening here. I mean, you, the, considering the fact he's a second-round quarterback, that he's putting up these types of numbers and doing these types of things already in his third game, in his first two games games of his NL career, are exactly, I think, the reason why the Bears drafted him. Sure, maybe he's not the most raw, talented player on paper at the time when they drafted him, but I think they knew going in when they made that pick that this dude was going to be ready to play week one, and he was going to make an instant impact to a team that needed a reliable cornerback at that two spot for a team that wanted to win the Super Bowl. So I think we're just discovering right now that that's exactly the reason Bears drafted him, and the and the reason like maybe his ceiling isn't the highest as one of the other first round quarterbacks. Maybe it is. I don't know. But what we do know compared to those other guys is he's been ready to play week one, and that's the reason they drafted him. He has been ready to play. Yep. And I, I remember 
earlier this summer, um, I brought up the fact that, you know, I he, he, he was at Utah, and I obviously go to Arizona State University. So when Utah played ASU, he had Brandon Ayuk, who was a first-rounder. Like, he, the, Brandon Ayuk could not get away from Jalen Johnson. And Brandon Ayuk is one of the craftiest, uh, he was one of the craftiest wide receivers in that draft last year. Um, and even in the nation, um, as far as college football goes last year. So, you know, he's, I don't think there are words to describe how impressive he's been. Um, the, the, the guy, he's just, it's that mentality, man. I really think it's that mentality that he has. He, he, he believes he's better than anybody he's lining up against. It doesn't really matter who it is. And, you know, we heard him talk about, we all remember that quote um, regarding Julio Jones. He said, you know, we bleed the same color. Like it, it just goes to show like the guy really believes that he's the real deal. And, you know, it's exactly what it's looking like. So let's get to it. Then we'll close it out. Uh, we'll do our score predictions. And if you guys have any player predictions that we haven't covered, throw them in there. But I believe, I don't know. what Does anyone know the line on this game? I, I would assume. I would imagine the Bears are underdogs. Yep. Colts minus two and a half. All right. There you go. So Colts minus two and a half. Bears coming to this game three and no. Colts two and one. Honestly, I think I do still like the Bears in this game. I like Foles as, you know, that cerebral mentality, that pick-you-apart mentality. I think I like the Bears by seven. I'm going to say Bears win this one 21-14. Okay, not bad. Before I get into my score picture, I do want to ask you guys a few over-unders that I had. I cannot – I got to ask you guys this one, at least one of these. Artavis Pierce, hey, he's here. He has a rock. I mean, I, I, Artavis Pierce has been signed to the active roster. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know, but I like I tweeted this today from our podcast uh, Twitter. I said, I think Artavis Pierce could be the RB2 by the end of the year. And am I crazy for thinking that? Absolutely not. What's going on in Jacksonville? You guys paying attention to what's going on in Jacksonville? man by name uh, James Robinson, undrafted rookie, yep. putting up great numbers over there. So I don't want to hear anyone tell me that it's impossible for an undrafted rookie to come in and produce immediately. I've seen Artavis Pierce live at Ohio State. Dude ran all over one of the better defenses in the country for two, like, 70-plus-yard touchdowns. This guy has what it takes. I truly believe that. Just needed a little bit of development. That's why they didn't uh, put him on that roster initially. But now he's here. I think he's going to get more carries than Ryan all. And I think he'll get carries on Sunday if he's active. So I'll go Artavis Pierce over under three carries. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go over. I'll, I'll go over. I think Ooh, he brings yeah. that pure speed element that the Bears, you know, the way the offensive line has been playing, I think, yeah, you'll see him. Yeah, I, I'll have to go over as well, mainly because we don't really have any bodies right now. But Lamar Miller is probably coming home. Um, that's my Coming prediction. home? Is he a yeah. Chicago guy? I didn't know he was. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not. But, you know. <laughs> It just sounded good, so it's coming home. Sound good. <laughs> Mar Miller's coming home. Well, be, yeah, the Bears have talked to him. Uh, that's a good thing to look out for. My bold predictions are Eddie Jackson gets a pick six and Cordero Patterson scores a touchdown. And my prediction is Bears 20-16. to 16. I think the Colts kick three field goals. Bears only score one offensive touchdown um, and one pick six from Eddie Jackson and then two field goals. So it's going to be a dogfight out there of defense. Take the under, I would say. Bears 2016. Wow. Wow. Wow, Kevin. I'm going 2017 Bears, um, and I think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal. I don't know. That's my, that's oh. my gut feeling. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh. I know. Don't don't absolutely destroy me. I, I, I know. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that, but I don't know. That's my gut feeling. Um, I just see it kind of being a very even game throughout, and then, you know, just comes down to, I don't want to say a lucky break, but game script-wise, I think, yes. Wait. Can Eddie Pinero come back this week? You know, I was it, just I was just thinking about that. I think um, he can. I mean, the three weeks on IR, th- this should be, yeah. or I guess he would. Yeah, this but this should be is his he, week. Is he? Yeah, I'm not sure. We haven't heard the fact that we haven't heard anything though. I don't think he is right. Like it's I hard. Thought to, it, yeah, I don't know. If, I'm not sure exactly when when they can activate a person off IR and put them on the active roster. I'm not sure, but. Let, I mean, would you be would you be more confident if it was Eddie Pinheiro if it came down to that last kick? No, not really. I'd be really. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Get I, out of here. I, I, I think I, I would be marginally more comfortable. 
That mm. would be a million times more possible. Listen, 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 listen. We have dealt with so many bad kickers. I, yeah. If it's not Justin Tucker, I'm going to be nervous. Like, I, <laughs> it's just it's the reality of the situation. Like, I, I'm I'm being like. I'm 100% not even trying to be funny right now. No, like, I get no matter who it is for the Bears, I'm going to be nervous. I just don't care. I, it, it, it's it's insane, man. It's insane. Because, like, that moment you start getting confident, it's like, oh, there he goes. Just missed another one. Like, it's like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, just trade for Justin Tucker. Oh, jeez. Easy. Fix the Bears in one tweet. Trade I'm Justin not, Tucker. I'm not willing to pay the price for that. Whatever. I'll pay be. a first rounder. I don't care at this point. Give me yeah. somebody rule, man. <laughs> Dude, I mean, See, it, 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 we we drafted Kevin White in the first round. Like, you know, <laughs> you might as well just get Justin Tucker for that. It's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but you know, we got Roquan Smith too. So you true. Know, I'll, you know yeah. what? Uh, you know what? It, it, it's fine. We don't no, have to I, talk about. I, I would be marginally more comfortable too. with Eddie Pinero, but I, I think Cairo Santos has done. An adequate job. Adequate. So, you know, uh, I, I, mean, I, I think the, I think the bar just, the, the bar's in hell. So right, exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, but the thing is, I will say in the Bears kickers' defense, kickers all over the league have been missing kicks. Sure, so sure. at least at least we know it's not just a Bears problem, which makes yeah, me feel that's that's. Stoussy missed like five field goals two weeks ago, and then hit like five field goals the other day to in a game yeah. winner. Dude, like, yo, what is wrong with you this? Bring league? that up. It's funny you bring that up because I I was checking my fantasy football league and he was like one of the top like <laughs> waiver claims because he had like 23 points or something. And I just, and I that's the first thing I thought of was like, dude, this guy missed like four or five field goals week one. So yeah, it was just pretty funny. But anyway, we all are picking a Bears win. But also, this is a beatable Colts team, as we saw when they played Jacksonville week one. So Bears march on to 4-0. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully, we keep it rolling despite the controversy at quarterback. But as always, for myself, for Chris, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast and Bear Down. Chicago.